you either need to fix your life, end your life, or just be a slave to the system. You got you got three choices. And I was like, I'm going to take control. So I went on a website called entertainmentcareers.net. And I don't even know if it's still around. And I saw a listing for an internship for Madonna's film company, which hasn't done much. And they tell you, so some instincts told me to go on and start Googling entertainment career websites. And I jumped on that instincts. I have never even looked at those before. Okay. I've never even really acted on it before. And I saw Maverick films and I knew that Madonna at the time had a very successful record company called Maverick Records. And um, and I saw this. And, of course, they're going to drop her name and everything. And they're looking for interns for the assistant to the finance guy. Couldn't be more boring. And they always tell you when you write a cover letter for a resume, um, write only a paragraph. Don't inundate them with too much information. Well, my instincts told me to write my whole story. So they got a three-page cover letter. And it sounded crazy. And I was like, and then this, and then this. And I promise to work hard if you just give me a chance. And the girl called me in and said, I've never read such a letter in my career. I just had to call you in and see who you were. And that's right from the middle of today's episode. Hey, glad to be back. If we haven't met before, it's me, Karthik. And on the show, I try and make a sincere attempt at presenting conversations that are both insightful and thought-provoking. And I really hope they nudge you to think or go in a direction that you've never been so far. In last week's episode, we discussed an important topic about being you. And I share 10 tools you can use to get results in just a few days and start to feel the results of you getting better focused, more productive, and start to see a sense of fulfillment every single day. I really suggest you listen to that episode as soon as you finish listening to this episode. You can do that by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash S2E29 or just look for the previous episode if you're listening to this episode from your podcasting app. Our guest today is Walid Azami. He's a photographer and director who got his start by working with Madonna and her company. He later went on to work with some of the world's biggest icons and brands, including Kanye West, Mariah Carey, Ricky Martin, Usher, Christina Aguilera, Volkswagen, HP Computers, Target Stores, and a Video of the Year nomination for Tamar Braxton's debut release. But that's not why I chose to bring Walid on the show. He was not born in Los Angeles or has any sort of a celebrity connection. He was born in Afghanistan. Walid found himself in Los Angeles completely out of a series of unforeseen events. But instead of following what most other people did, he turned his situation into an opportunity of a lifetime. He went on from being broke to making everything work for him. He manifested his future. So, without further ado, please join me in welcoming 
वलीद जामी From the DYT Studios, it's the Design Your Thinking podcast, a show about creators, entrepreneurs, and non-conformists, and the stories behind the decisions they made that completely changed the future of their lives and businesses. And now your host, Karthik. Every refugee, every immigrant has a story worth sharing, and um, and in America, I mean, to be political, everybody here is an immigrant, mm-hmm. to, you know, whether they believe it or not. But I think, um, in my case, I'm I was born in Kabul, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and the USSR invaded, and my family split in two. Um, my dad and my brother came to Germany first, then America, mm-hmm. under the pretense of. Um, my brother was born with a heart surgery, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, heart uh, condition, and so they said they needed immediate heart surgery, and um, they got to Germany, and and my mom had to. I mean, this is literally like, right. this is why I work so hard, right. is that my mom had to report him for kidnapping so that we wouldn't go to jail, you know, and mm-hmm. told my dad don't come back, and then uh, my mom was a school principal, mm-hmm. and um, a year and a half later she found. smugglers you know to smuggle us out of afghanistan in the middle of the night and i remember that and i remember the day that soviet union invaded and i remember seeing like tanks on the street and everything overnight it was a relatively very peaceful country mm-hmm. and so eventually we got to america and coming here i mean we did the um we did the the jobs that you would expect new people in America to do dishwasher picking fruit wow. um babysitting doing everything we could but the one thing that um my parents always made us work hard mm-hmm. and even if we did things like we would go to um there's a big um warehouse type of store here called Costco but it used to be mm-hmm. called Price Club I think and we would go and purchase boxes of like snickers candy and then sell them at school it was she they always taught us to take care of ourselves and to think ahead and don't rely on the system to pick you up and so it was we always had those lessons at home and college was never a choice it was what you're going to do next you know mm-hmm. and they always told us education was your only way out of this so that's kind of how it was but now the hardships absolutely i mean we didn't do anything that my friends did as far as like we didn't go to McDonald's and Disneyland and things like that everything was um but we just that's kind of how it, i mean my my background was it was just like work hard work honest and it will pay off and that's how it was but i i grew up with my parents having double jobs i grew up with everything being home cooked meals i grew up with um on the weekend try to make money where you could mm-hmm. you know and i believe in hard work and given where he is today i asked walid how he would choose to introduce himself and this is what he said i am so my name is walid i'm based out of los angeles california um i am i started out as a photographer and then i moved 
I added directing music videos and commercial content. And now I'm also doing um, creative director for companies. So companies will call me on assignment and we'll just, you know, I'll, I'll do a three month contract or a six month contract and mm-hmm. I'll help them brand their business, especially if they're going from small scale to a medium scale business. And that's mm-hmm. maybe from 20 employees, then they want to jump up to 40 or 50 employees. And so I helped them with that. And because branding is so important now, and all of that started because of photography and one thing leads to another. And you could do that if you have a plan in place. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely do that. And also in the past few years, I actually have a project that is fighting for first place attention in my life and it's doing really good it's uh mm-hmm. it's called how to photograph and it is the product of um some of the frustrations that come with an artist trying to live in a professional world you know and mm-hmm. um and for whatever reason people like to take advantage of artists and right. we have those skill sets to make things beautiful but we actually shy away from and mm-hmm. in some cases to to a fault um, consider hardcore business that capitalism almost a bad word, you know. Right. And so we always think, oh, that's so greedy, whatever. And so because of that, artists suffer and they get taken advantage a lot. So I got tired of it. Hmm. I am one of those photographers in Los Angeles that um, I know this is tooting my own horn a little bit, but I I really. I have the reins of every part of my business, and that's mm. because I started. Well, it's my personality, first of all, but also um, I. One of my first experiences in this business, and I'm so thankful for her, mm-hmm. is um, I worked with Madonna, and wow. Madonna's just, you know, I think that she's. It was Madonna and Michael Jackson. That's it at the top, you know, right. and um, and everybody else is great, but. I saw her get so involved in every aspect of her business, and I learned that early. Mm. Um, you have to be in charge. And later on, we heard about the Oprah Winfrey's and people like that doing that too. So right. because of those reasons in my own personality, I was very much um, – I knew how to market myself. I knew how to negotiate for myself. I knew how to do my own contracts. I knew all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so um, I realized that most artists and photographers in particular did not know how to do that. So I took mm-hmm. it upon myself to start this Instagram account called How to Photograph. And the first one or actually one and a half years, mm-hmm. I did it anonymously. Hmm. And I didn't want it to be about me. Like, everybody, look how great Walid is, you know. Right. It was more about let me just help you guys. Let me help you because I wish people helped me, but I had to find out the hard way. So then about a year and a half later, I attached my name and mm. it's from a community that's now in 40 something thousand followers. And it's so active. So I will go down on record as saying it is probably the most polite community on Instagram that I've ever seen. Nobody attacks each other. No bad words. No disrespect. Everyone helps. It's the it's amazing. So I've so I also do that. Now I have a photography community that's on Instagram and now YouTube and um, my blog, HowToPhotograph.net, and mm-hmm. stuff. And I have my own course. And I'm just so dedicated to helping photographers survive, make money, and have a career in it. So I do everything from record covers to that to directing longest intro but i just wanted to give a a background no i think you're perfectly fine with trying to explain 
your background uh, in a more elaborate way because that gives us a sense of how things have shaped in your life. Talking about photography and skills in general, we sometimes discover our skills or abilities as we grow up. And sometimes it's because of a certain incident or getting access to something. What was it like for you with regard to photography? How did it all get started? Yeah, uh, um, yeah, great question. I think that for me, I mean, I'm self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to be a history teacher in high school, but of all mm-hmm. things, but um, I'm self-taught. I After the Madonna job, um, Madonna was phenomenal for, because she does so many things, I got to be exposed to so many things, you know, and in that job, I was one of the assistants of mm-hmm. six assistants, and I was the one that was the most hungry and um, hungry in a sense of like, I just wanted to learn and soak in because, right. look, whether you like her or not, you cannot yeah. deny what she has done in this world, mm-hmm. you know? And I would just watch her and watch the team do everything. And through that, somebody by the name of Jamie King, now one of my really good friends, mm-hmm. who was her creative director, um, was like, who's that guy there that just keeps like soaking everything in like a sponge, you know? Yeah. And when I left the Madonna job, because I knew I wanted to work in production and not in management, um, I left, but he touched base with me about six months after. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey, how are you? Uh, What are you up to? And everything. He said, let's come, come up um, and let's have dinner. Mm. But at this point I was so broke and I, um, I left the Madonna job and it was the, basically it was like the first, moment of the big recession that we had here in the United States and some parts of the world too in 2008 or 2009 and um, I met him for dinner and I was incredibly unhappy and in this dinner he um, tore me apart but with love okay basically introduced me to what instincts and energy and gut feelings were that night and so at first he had to break me down Mm -hmm. and then he built me up and it was like I'm telling you, you could almost map it out from appetizers. It was destroying me. Dinner was really going for the kill mm. and dessert was the, was the buildup, you know, and um, and what it was, was that he told me that he saw incredible talent in me mm. and he noticed that I would just I cared and that I, I wanted to learn, but I cared way too much what people thought about me. And so what I was doing was turning off my instincts and going off of ego, which was Well, what will they think about me? Will people think I'm stupid? Will people think I'm dumb? You know, and so he said, you need to go on instincts. And he said, everybody in that Madonna camp goes on. The reason why she is who she is, is because she operates on instincts. And he told me his career and everything. And so he told me, he's like, look, if you have this crazy idea to do something, do it. Because we're the only animals only living species on this planet that we teach our young to avoid their instincts and animals have fight or flight so they just have that survival technique humans teach their children to care what other people think now i i know that some of that is absolutely necessary because we have to blend into society together and get along right but we teach it to a point of detriment And so we kill individuality, 
-hmm. We have quotes like the creative adult is the artist that lived as a child or or, I butchered that, but it was something like that. It was we basically we care so much what people think that it actually destroys an entire sense. We have six of them. And so it's kind of like destroying your hearing or your vision or whatever. And so he's like, I want you to develop that because that Mm -hmm. is going to be the, the and I remember word for word where I was sitting and everything. And he said, Walid, and I'm, this is going to work into photography, I promise. Um, he said, Walid, the closest you will be to God, hmm. energy, the universe, uh, Mother Nature, um, Allah, Buddha, whatever you think is bigger than you mm-hmm. is when you listen to your gut instincts. That weird feeling you have. He said that is like a direct line between you and whatever power you believe in. Mm -hmm. And he said no matter what country you're from, no matter how rich or how poor your family is, Mm -hmm. we – one of the first – no matter what religion, one of the first words any human being ever learns is no. No, don't cry because you don't want people to think you're a bad baby. Mm. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Girls don't do that. Mm. No, boys don't do this. And we teach people to basically not be their best, you know, and it's done out of love. It's done out of care, but Mm. it's done a little too much. Mm. And so he said, if you get that feeling, you better listen to it because that's a direct phone call from God or whatever power you believe in. And he said, when something tells you, don't get in that car right now, Mm -hmm. and you find out later that there was a car accident, that was an emergency call from your higher power. Right. And when when you get that, he said, when a mother is at work and she's like, something is wrong, something's wrong, let me just call the babysitter. Mm -hmm. And she finds out that there was a small accident at home. Right. That's... That's a higher power telling her you're needed right now. Right. And so we have to learn to use that in our business. So I, to fast forward that a little bit, I went mm. home devastated, but filled with information I didn't even know was going to affect my life. Mm-hmm. And for the next two, three, four weeks after that, I had this gut feeling mm. that um, that I should buy a camera. Wow. Now, now check this out, Karthik. I've never touched, I mean, I've touched a camera, but I've never picked one up as a photographer. I did right. not know what f-stop was, what aperture was. Mm-hmm. I did not know how that you could take it. I didn't even know you could take a lens off of a camera and put a new lens on. Okay, so it's like that. It's kind of like telling your grandmother yeah. to get on the internet and start Googling things. And she's right. like, what? You know, it's like <laughs> awful. Right. And I was a history major, you know, and mm. so... I had this gut feeling to get a camera and I wouldn't I but I here's the thing too I was broke I had just you know left the 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 Madonna job and I was like I'm going to work on different sets right. but the recession had just started so no one was calling mm-hmm. and I was near the end of my money like mm-hmm. near the end I had like enough for maybe one more month of rent right. and in that month I lost all my money I maxed out one credit card and I had one open credit card with $3,000 credit. The instincts was so strong that I kept thinking about that conversation. I was like, you know what? And the instinct kept saying, buy a camera and just try Just buy a camera, Mm -hmm. buy a still camera. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
And I did it. After about three to four weeks of that lingering thought mm. that wouldn't go away, that conversation stuck in my head. And I went and I bought a camera and like a dummy, I went into the camera shop and I said, hi. <laughs> and I said, I want to be a professional photographer and I have $3,000. Well, guess how much the man sold me? $2,998 and something cents. Wow. I mean, he used every dollar I had, right? <laughs> I went in, I got in my car and I felt like there was a hundred pound rock in my stomach. And I, and I was like, what did I just do? Yeah. Now, Arthur, here's here's something that happened the week after. Mm -hmm. I was so broke. I was ready to walk into the other room and tell my roommate, I can't make rent. Mm -hmm. I'm a college graduate. I have to move into my mom and dad's house. Mm -hmm. Here's something else that happened. I went dumpster diving for food. And I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed that here I am with a college degree. My parents were refugees. I'm a refugee too. Right. They worked so hard and here I am calling the local grocery store for what day they throw their food away. I was that broke. But something happened in that one week. Hmm. I, it was raining really hard. And so I was practicing as much as I could in the balcony of the apartment. You know, I couldn't go hmm. outside. And every picture was so, so terrible. Hmm. So, I mean, when I tell you, it was almost like I worked overtime to make it so bad, you know? Right. And um, I got a call at the end of that week from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend mm -hmm. and said, hey, is um, Walid there? And I said, yeah, speaking is like, hey, I got your number from this person who got it from this person. Mm -hmm. And do you have a video camera? And I, and I actually did have a video camera. And I said, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, um, can you please come up to Hollywood at the Kodak Theater? Um, wow. Usher, the singer, needs someone to do some video today. And we just had to fire the person before you. And I was just, I mean, a, like a bomb exploded in my head of just happiness. And right. and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I could put food on my table again. Right. Right. Grab my camera halfway out the front door when it's a long story, but I think it's worth people hearing. So mm. um, halfway out the door when that instinct talked to me again and said, Usher doesn't know why you were hired. The manager said bring somebody on today okay right. so and instinct said go get your new camera the still photography camera right and i did and before that i had this little blackberry at the time mm -hmm. i wrote if you want to make the picture darker turn this button if you want to make the, <laughs> the picture i did that and i wrote what f-stop means this mm -hmm. iso means this and aperture okay mm -hmm. I ran into Hollywood. Um, I lived in Orange County at the time, about an hour away. Mm -hmm. And I went in and I met Usher and I was so nervous. And he could just tell I was nervous. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to s skip through this real fast. But basically, I was just shooting like a machine gun. I, I realized that I need to rely on quantity, not quality today. And mm -hmm. this is at this point, I'm running on automatic mode. Something is driving me. OK, mm -hmm. and I'm taking pictures and, you know, I knew nothing about the camera. I knew nothing that light, different lighting has different temperatures. So it mm -hmm. affects how your picture looks. So it's ugly fluorescent lights and every picture is looking green or blue or yellow. Mm -hmm. And I and it's blurry because I don't know how to do the shutter speed. And my ISO, if you guys know photography, it's like 
adds the graininess, but it was so grainy because I couldn't, I was just pushing any button to get a picture out. And Usher asked me, what f-stop are you using? And I, first of all, don't even know what an f-stop was, but I knew I had it on my phone. Right. Right. My instincts, I don't know what happened, but I was on 100% instinct mode. And my instinct said, look at him and walk away. And it's easier, it's better if he thinks you're a crazy artist instead of someone that's not knowledgeable. And I just looked at him and I walked away. And I went upstairs because we were two floors in the basement. Mm -hmm. I walked upstairs to Hollywood Boulevard. Mm. And I... So I can get reception on my cell phone. Right. And I looked at it and I said, oh, F-stop. F-stop is this. And I go back downstairs <laughs> and I start taking some more pictures. Mm. And at the end of the night, they were like, well, thank you so much, whatever. And um, and I went home and I looked at the pictures and they were horrible. I mean, so mm. bad, so bad that I was just like, OK, you can just kill yourself now. You know, you got the one chance in the world. You can kill yourself. Every picture was so bad. Mm. And um, I I finally got a call about four days after from the manager, Benny Medina, at the Mm. time. And he said, Walid, where are those pictures? And I said, oh, I'm going to send them soon, like in the next day or two. I went through the memory card Mm -hmm. and every picture was on small JPEG. I didn't even know you could size pictures. So like none of them could print. Okay. And so everyone was on small JPEG on a one gig memory card. And, um, I didn't even know Karthik. I did not even know that Photoshop was a thing. I did not even know it existed. Okay. So if anybody, I'm sure PC has something comparable, but on the Mac, you just have your preview that you open your Adobe PDFs and whatever. It's just like your image. So I started bringing pictures into that and looking at with that menu to see how I can edit these pictures. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I saw, and every picture was like yellow or blue and everything. And something told me, you know what? Just go black and white. Just go black and white. Mm -hmm. And I took the saturation down on all of them. Now, they were already a little bit smudgy, a little bit blurry. They were already super high contrast, okay, because of my settings, whatever I did. And they were super grainy. I turned them black and white. I think out of probably like 800 pictures, I could only show about 25 of them, about that. Mm -hmm. And I sent it to them. Within the hour, my my heart starts pounding because I see the phone ring and it's his office. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, they're going to say you're worthless and whatever. Right. And the manager gets on the phone. And he's like, hi, Waleed. He's like, hey, it's Benny. And I said, hey, Benny. My heart is pounding. And he said, don't know what you did, but Usher saw the pictures mm-hmm. and his whole new thing for the new album is going to be about old Hollywood, black and white, grainy pictures. Wow. And he wants to know, he is so amazed that you understood him. He wants to know if you will go on tour with him as his personal photographer. Wow. And I mean, that's like the big, and of course many things happen. So I relied that if that's not a story about instinct. So when you ask if I can go back and map it out, yeah, it started like that. And of course, now when I went on tour every single night, I stayed 
um, up till four in the morning and I learned one new thing every single day on YouTube, every single day. So I knew that by the end of the week, I was a little bit better because I knew five things. Right. And at the end of the next week, I knew 10 things. And I learned photography on tour. He never knew. On tour, I would go into my room until I would fall asleep sitting mm-hmm. up. And the next day, he could say, let's try this. And I would say, no, let's do this. Because that's what I needed to practice on. That was my homework. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever I learned the night before. So I right. learned like that. And of course, it was a very wild adventure from there on to today. But that's how I started photography. It was about instincts. And yeah, uh, that's kind of mapping it out for me. Getting to take photographs of celebrities with a brand new camera and getting it right about 12 years back is one thing. And doing all of that again and again and again is a whole different thing. I was curious what kept Walid going today? What kept him excited? What made him show up at work every single day today? The idea, now I get a high off of when somebody is able to see themselves in a way they never have before. Hmm. That makes me feel so good as a human being. Um, What keeps me going is now that my students online, when like... My course, I do have a photography course, but mm-hmm. it's in beta format at the moment mm-hmm. and it'll be released at the top of June. But when one of my students DMs me pictures on Instagram and says, I just got published with a small fashion magazine, that stuff gives me so much energy. Um, for me, I always remind myself um, what keeps me going every single shoot every single client it goes through my head and i'm so thankful for this you have so many choices for photographers i mean right now you're probably holding a camera within one i don't know one meter of your body right Right. there's a there's your cell phone um most people are listening to this on their cell phone slash camera you know and so there's so many people out there and when you pick me i'm so honored that i almost can't sleep i want to make sure that i give you the best product possible that's what keeps me going um my my um history of where i came from Hmm. keeps me going so those are the things and i look at my mom and dad and i'm like you guys risked your lives for us that keeps me going um so it's it's a, it's a whole right. bunch of things but i work i really really work hard on gratitude like really hard this is interesting walid can you take me back in time to the time when you actually got this opportunity to work with madonna yeah take us through you know how that entire opportunity unfolded and uh, give me a sense as to what it felt like to work with someone like Madonna. Okay. Um, first, I'm actually really glad you asked that because I realized something in the middle of your question. Um, and it's an important realization that I, it's another example. I had been practicing energy and manifestation before I even knew what it was. Mm. And so, um, the, how the Madonna job happened was, um, I took forever to finish college because I was trying to buy time and I was fooling myself. Mm. So I changed majors once a year. 
so that I could subconsciously slow down and take additional classes because now my degree is not going to finish, right? If you right. keep changing. Right. And um, just so you know, the last time, the last one I was going to change it, mm -hmm. it cost $35 and I didn't have $35. So I stuck with, <laughs> I stuck with history and I finished it out. Okay. So like that's how sad okay. it was, but, um, but um, the Madonna thing, I, I, I got in actually a, an argument with my parents mm -hmm. and they were saying, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your life? Everyone's kids becoming a doctor or a lawyer, an engineer, mm -hmm. typical immigrant talk, you know, yeah. and you're just wasting your time here and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I got in a really huge argument, but it was more about me being unhappy with myself. And so I was really it was a really big argument and i just went for like a long drive i mm. love that with music and everything mm. and so dramatic you know and so um i came back about two or three in the morning and mm. i want to just clear my head and i said okay you either need to fix your life end your life or just be a slave to the system mm. you got you got three choices and i was like i'm gonna take control mm. so i went on a website called entertainmentcareers.net and i don't even know if it's still around mm -hmm. and i saw a listing for an internship for madonna's film company which hasn't done much mm -hmm. and they tell you so some instincts told me to go on and start googling entertainment career websites mm. and i jumped on that instincts i have never even looked at those before mm -hmm. okay i've never even really acted on it before mm -hmm. and i saw maverick films hmm. and i knew that madonna at the time had a very successful record company called maverick records hmm. and um and i saw this and of course, they're going to drop her name and everything. And they're looking for interns mm. for the assistant to the finance guy. Mm. It's be more boring. And they always tell you when you write a cover letter for a resume, um, write only a paragraph. Don't inundate them with too much information. Mm. Well, my instincts told me to write my whole story. So they got a three-page cover letter. Mm. And it sounded crazy. And I was like, and then this, and then this. And I promised to work hard if you just give me a chance. And the girl called me in and said, I've never read such a letter in my career. Mm -hmm. I just had to call you in and see who you were. Mm -hmm. And I basically, that's how I got the job. It was that instincts. It was like, so that's how I got in there. And then I worked my way up to her manager, then to her and her manager and into her office and everything. So that's a whole other long story. And I don't want to occupy your whole hour right. on that. But that was based on instincts. To work with um, Madonna was um, a Harvard degree in creativity and marketing and self-realization and business and art and wow. that survival um she does not get the credit that she deserves um you know right. she she has opened so many doors for so many artists so many women and now she's opening doors for people to be able to age and dress and act how they want mm -hmm. and you know, and people are going to respect her one day when she passes. But right now, they're enjoying making fun of her, right? And um, there's nobody else like her. I mean, she, I learned this woman. We were working on the reinvention world tour, and I would see her hire a body double, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. who's amazingly talented. And then she would go, she learns a whole tour, of course. Mm-hmm. And then she would go, let me give you one example of her hard work. She would go sit in almost every seating section of the stadium and wow. listen to what it sounds like, mm-hmm. see what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I was like, where's Madonna? And she'd be all the way up in the back of the stadium in the nosebleeds. She's sitting there by herself and she's watching her body double perform the show and lip sync her music. Um, you know, obviously she can't sing as Madonna songs, right. but like, and just watch it and go, you know what? I don't feel the bass enough here. And she would come all the way back down and talk about that. Wow. And I learned I learned that's what it takes is that kind of hard work. And you can't just gloss something over. You've got to go in there and say it's the small details. Wow. So that's an example of working with Madonna, um, you know, offering her her team spirituality classes, right. which was wow. for free, you know, um, going to dinner with her dancers, because she doesn't like trained, perfect dancers. She likes them from the street type, you know? Mm-hmm. And so going to dinner, if if they were in Los Angeles and having dinner with their families so that she can say, I'm taking your son around the world with me. I want to meet you guys. Wow. So, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that yeah. kind of... Very personal. That kind of care, but she'll never get the credit for it. Right. Until people tell the story, you know, but like, so she was amazing and she worked so hard and she understands lighting and she understands angles and lenses and she gets very involved. So I learned from there, you be very involved. So on my photo shoots, when a makeup artist is doing something, no, I cannot do it myself, Mm -hmm. but I know now what brush may bring that effect that I want. Right, right. And so I've learned to be very, very involved and very uh, and still respect the work of the artist coming onto my team, like the makeup yeah. artist. Yeah. But don't just sit there and take what they give me. Understand that I'm the boss. And at the end of the day, my name is going to be attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've learned that from her. Walid, you've obviously done a, a lot of amazing you know, works of art. And I'm sure you have a handful of projects lined up for you that you're kind of working on too. As you know, photographers, artists, entrepreneurs, we, with every project that we pick, every decision we make, we are kind of constantly building a legacy. I believe that we are creating this body of work that we tend to only leave behind for someone else to experience after us. Uh, curious. Is there a kind of work that you always wanted to do that you haven't had a chance to work on so far? Ooh, I love that question. Thank you. Um, I am, as I become more, this is like, this is the bad part of working with people like, you know, like Madonna and some of the other artists I've worked with, Jennifer and all these people is that you never feel your work is done. Yeah. You know, and so you're always climbing and you yeah. don't ever want to rest. Yeah. Um, I actually would love to use my photography to. So part of it is um, the first steps is helping photographers mm-hmm. stand up for their rights and make money and establish their businesses. That's like so passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to help 
more women pick up a camera and I'm trying to figure out the most what I don't want to do is be a guy and say now here let me show you how to do it right yeah. like I have to do it in a respectful way but I want more women to be able to pick up I want to be involved in that because across all my social platforms I'm about 70% male 30% female and history is going to be told by whoever documents it and I think that we need the female perspective the second part to that is I really, really want my photography to help tell stories about people, marginalized people um, who, you know, who don't have a voice. And I just want to use it as uh, the stupidest term, but it's almost like a love gun. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I want to just shoot people and 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 um, just tell their story. I, I that's I want to really tell stories. And so um Here's some I really want to contribute to political campaigns that I believe in. Mm-hmm. I want to and I don't just want to go to, like, let's say, Africa and help photograph an impoverished village. I think right. that that's been done and it's been done beautifully. Right. I want to tell the like on a smaller scale, but I want to tell stories of marginalized people mm-hmm. like new immigrants or, um, you know, whatever it might be, whatever yeah. it might be is just just tell stories about it so that's what initially what i want to do is um nice do that and of course keep inspiring photographers to pick up a camera and defend the art and learn from it and you know evolve yeah yeah i mean you know uh when you talked about all of that you've done so far and you know there were a lot of points that really stood out to me when i'm listening to you in hindsight when you actually look back into your life uh, in your career whatever you want to look back on are there points that stand out and if so what are they that really define you your thoughts the person that you are today um i it feels awkward even saying it because it's like me patting myself on the back but mm-hmm. you know i'll tell you one of the parts that really really i'm so proud of myself is um that i have this thing There's two parts. Number one is if you tell me no, that is the biggest turn on in the world. I'm like, oh, you think I can't do it? Let me show you, you know. And so every no I hear, I'm like, thanks for that superpower, you know, because now you've just lit a fire under my seat and I'm going to I'm going to show you. Right. So it's good. And it's uh, sometimes it's unhealthy because I don't rest. Um, The other part of it is. in my career now that's about in photo and entertainment it's about 12 years 12 maybe 13 years long um i have never ever lost one night of sleep because i treated somebody wrong Hmm. and my how to photograph account Hmm. things like that is because people did treat me wrong you know and i made sure that i was going to make sure that it didn't happen to other photographers but i have never ever had trouble looking in the mirror or sleeping because i i did i wronged somebody and so that's what i'm super proud of now with that comes a slower gradual growth you know you don't get that explosion of like overnight sensation or whatever and you know what that's okay because I've also seen people come down as I come up, you know. So that's what I'm most proud of is that I do it ethically 
and I don't cheat anybody. And there is not one human in the industry that can say one. They might say they don't like my photography. Yeah. They might not like my speed or something, or that I negotiated too hard on something. Mm-hmm. But they, not one human being, can say one bad thing about my character. And that's what I'm so proud of. And that's what I defend the hardest. Very nice. Very nice. And what would be your definition of success? I know we all have our own definitions. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it changes so much. It used to be money and all that and buying my mom and dad a house and everything. Um, My definition of success is if I can go seven days a week without knowing what day it is and just living each day like I'm I love what I do, you know, and and I'm getting there for sure. Um, So it's like I don't I don't want to ever have like, you know, in English, we, you know, like whatever, like when right. people say, oh, I have a case of the Mondays. Oh, yeah, it's Friday. I don't want to live for the weekend. Right. And that to me is successful and that I can and that I don't get depressed on Sunday night because tomorrow is work. Mm-hmm. Nice. That to me is so successful and that I don't really even. Yes, financially, I have to plan for retirement, but I don't plan to retire. I really don't. What have you the two best marketing advices that you've received so far in your life two best oh good question let me think for one second give me just a few seconds so the first one is humanize it and everybody especially on social media is trying to be insta famous Mm. and they're collecting numbers and and everything and there's some talks about instagram getting rid of the like feature and i couldn't applaud it louder you know, um, just create value and create a community. Um, people will come to you. People invest in. So create value in um, what you do, whatever type of artistry you do. Give value, give people a reason to come back for more and more and more. And it'll be far more effective than any paid Google or Facebook ad yeah. by far, because there is no. Um, there is no attachment. There's no emotional attachment to that. So share your story. Imperfection is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, perfect is boring. Um, perfect is impossible. So perfect is fraudulent. Hmm. And I think if you can practice authenticity, um, that's what's going to help you stand above the crowd and it's free advertisement and it doesn't drain your budget. So Think of social media as a party, Mm -hmm. okay? And this party is um, full of people screaming, look at me, look at me. Look at me, I'm shinier, I'm prettier, I'm filtered, I have so many, you know what I mean? Just look at me how wonderful I am. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. And then there are people paying to be in there. So like social media ads, but let's say there's people paying to be in that party and scream even louder and saying, I know you want this. Look at look what I can. And it's exhausting. And so we go deaf Mm -hmm. real fast and you don't hear anything. And somewhere in that party, you might find an authentic person sitting in the corner. And you're like, hi, how are you? And that's what I feel like I I tell people to think of social media. Be authentic. Don't scream, just share your information and help people. And that is going against the crowd. And 
that person at a party stands out more than everyone screaming, look at me. That person has the highest chance of developing a relationship with you more than everybody else screaming and white noise. That person will probably gain your trust more than everybody else tapping you on the shoulder and saying, look at me. And so I tell people, Hmm. think of social media like a big party. Be authentic. It's going to be a slower route, but it's a solid quality route. Share your work. It'll never be perfect ever because just when it's almost perfect, your own standards get go higher and you want to add to it. So put your work out there. Perfect is boring. Put it out there and if you have a struggle, share your struggle because you are uplifting somebody that you'll never even meet in your life probably. But they will thank you for it and that energy will go out there. Um, Put your work out there. Put your struggles out there. Um, What you're doing is you are inviting other people to be real. You are inviting other people to engage with you, to ask you questions, to share their experiences with you. You are uplifting not just yourself, but your business and your community. And that's the advice I would give everybody. Yes, sometimes you have to run Facebook ads and all that. But the whole follow for follow, follow and then unfollow. So, you you know, it's garbage. It doesn't mean anything. And don't worry about your numbers. It doesn't mean anything anymore. We all know now that people buy fake followers. So we are looking for authenticity. So the second one would just be this. You know, I I know that it's cliche that people say under promise over deliver. I just say take that and bring it to new levels and in a way that helps your business too. Mm. So you don't want to, if you are going to over deliver the bonus things, that should not come in the same package because you lose your impact. Mm. Okay. So you need to remind them out of sight, out of mind. Mm. So if somebody um, contracts you for a certain number of hours or a certain number of pictures, Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, less hours as in like, let's say you're a home decorator or consultant of some sort. Give them that extra 11th hour. Mm -hmm. Okay, but don't give it at the same time. Mm. Check in a week or two weeks later, check in on them and offer them that as a little bonus gift. What you just did is remind them two weeks later that you exist, that you are kind, that you are professional and it just brings you back on their radar and it stretches out that time. So you're still being just as nice, but you're being strategic about it. And so one of the things that I tell like photographers is, look, if someone orders like 10 or 15 pictures from you, if you want to give them one or two extra ones, do it. Mm -hmm. But find out when their birthday is Hmm. or their anniversary or something put it in your calendar don't even try to store it in your head put it in your calendar and make a habit of surprising people and they will make it a habit of hiring you over and over again so if you are a photographer and you do weddings or you shot someone's baby photographs Mm -hmm. and that baby is a year old it's okay to check in a year later and say hey how are you guys um I can't believe it's been a year. You must be so excited. Um, here's one that you didn't pick, but I love it so much. I wanted to send you this as a little birthday gift for awesome. baby so-and-so. That is so much more impactful than just giving that bonus picture mm. when everything is turned in. 
wonderful. So be strategic about it. And now they're thinking about you a year later, and I bet you some holiday is coming up, or some friend is getting married, or some friend is pregnant, and they're like, you know what? My sister's having a baby. I'm so glad you emailed me. I should refer you. Yeah. Please do. You know. So that's how I say be very strategic about it and and be a part of their lives. So it goes back with that whole um, give value and be human and humanize it. Be a part of their lives and they will keep you in their lives. Amazing. Um, I, I really I've never heard of the second one. Uh, thanks for sharing. Okay. Um, you know, no matter what kind of uh, entrepreneur we are, it's important to have you know good headshots and photographs. Uh, but, yes. But like you said, you know, having a good photographer is uh, you know you know that finding a good photographer is a little challenging. So there, you know, there are photographers who specialize in wedding, fashion, and whatever. How do you recommend we go about finding the right photographer to hire? Yeah. For- oh, I love that question. Okay, number one. Um, if anyone is looking for constant branding of, you know, photos and stuff, good job, you guys, because that's so important. Number two, uh, I would rely on two big things. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go for the cheapest one. There is a reason why they are the cheapest one. Hmm. Okay. Uh, number two, actually, there are probably a couple more too. Um, go with somebody that is willing to get on the phone with you and have a conversation to make you feel comfortable. Because if they can't make you feel comfortable on the phone and hear your hesitations and what you're nervous about and what you really want to capture and Mm -hmm. hear you out as a client, they will not make you feel comfortable when they're holding a camera. Hmm. Okay. So who is going to hold your hand through the process? Um, I fired an assistant because he refused to take pick up the phone and he's like, I only like to talk during uh, via text. And I said, okay, well, this is not going to work. Right. You know, so we have to go with someone who is going to humanize the experience for you yeah. and make it an enjoyable experience. That's a breakthrough moment for you. Mm-hmm. The second part is go with somebody who has consistency. Okay, so much like your own business, whoever is hiring the photographer, you want the master, not the jack of all trades. So if you have a photographer and this is something I do teach my students is that um, niche down hardcore. Hmm. So if you photograph beautiful plates of food at a restaurant Mm -hmm. and beautiful landscapes and beautiful hotels and models and so you do fashion and you do automotive and you hmm. do headshots. How are you the How are you the master in it? How are you going to give me the best pictures of me, right? And so go with the people who are the masters in what you need, because they have proven over and over and over that they can hit the bullseye and be successful in what you need. Hmm. So if you go with a photographer that offers a variety of styles. You don't know if you're going to get if your pictures are going to look fashion or kind of like a book author or actor headshots. You don't know if it's going to be shadowy or very vibrant. You know, you have no idea what you're getting because it's a buffet of styles. 
So if you know that somebody has a particular style that you love and it's and it shows consistently time after time after time again, guess what? You can almost guarantee that yours are going to look similar and successful just like the rest of their portfolio. So look for those two things. Awesome. You know, uh, Walid, they say that the, that we are some of the five people that we hang out with. Um, yeah. Who are those five people in your life that you end up spending most of your time with, family or friends or mentors? Um, you have really great questions that other people don't ask. Um, Thanks. <laughs> um, I, I am a firm believer of that, and I do actually say that often too. Um, I... I mean, I don't befriend people because they're successful. I just find myself naturally gravitating towards them. And you don't have to be successful in my field. You be successful in whatever you want to do. So my closest friends are people that align themselves to hard, honest work. And so it's like my friends from high school and college that those are my closest. Then I have my entertainment friends, of course, too. And it's only a handful that I consider close friends that have the same set of ethics that I practice. You know, right. um, I am learning to be better at keeping people at a distance, but still being friendly. I have a very, this is the part of my personality that I want to really work on. I'm very black or white. So if I don't trust you, I just keep you very, 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 very far away. Mm-hmm. Right. And I still want to do that, but you still have to work with all kinds of personalities. So I'm learning to limit my, um, my access to people. Mm-hmm. So I've op- because I have a, I have a business brain. Mm-hmm. I think very black or white. Um, I've learned my friend hope who I've known since seventh yeah. grade. Hope taught me that because I think a certain way, I need to almost operate as a business at all times. So she said, I need to think of people in my life as promote, demote, or fire. Nice. And if I run it like a company, I know how to handle it better. So if somebody is not trustworthy, if somebody gossips or whatever, I don't promote them. If I think of it like a company, I keep them at just receptionist level so i don't rely on them i don't give them access to the important things i don't give them access to my time as much they are there to serve a purpose whatever the purpose may be i am kind to them i treat them fairly but they don't get access to me as much if they are wonderful humans if they help me and i want to help them and they're honorable people you promote them so just like a company you promote them and you give them access to your files to um your story to your office you know what i mean so i kind of try to run it that way and then there are people that you just don't ever want in your company Mm -hmm. and you don't ever want them in your life and it's you don't fight with them you don't do anything you just politely and firmly just cut them right so i do promote demote or fire does not work for everybody but for me it works really well nothing to so who i guess to answer your question my five people i love my close friends i love my family i i listen to a lot of podcasts that i admire um i listen to other disruptors and influence influential people not influencers (laughs) 
influential people and I, I get inspired by their stories, I make a habit of cheering people on even though I, I write DMs to photographers all the time. Mm-hmm. About 10% of them respond back yeah. and because everyone is so cautious with their guard up. But if I see a photographer's work and I'm like, dude, I love what you did with your lighting. Good job. I, I try my hardest to cheer people on. So right. I find that those kind of people then kind of come back to me. Yeah. No, I, think- I, I answer like 20 questions when you answer one. I ask one. Sorry. No, no, I think... <laughs> I think that's exactly what I what I'm liking with you because you go deep uh, with the answers and uh, I really appreciate that. Okay, uh, good. Um, you know, you know, if you were me sitting here asking you uh, these questions and trying to have this conversation, what is that one question that you would ask that I didn't ask you so far, Walid? Oh, that's a hard one. Let's see. What do I wish you asked me? Um, you know what? I I think you've asked such great questions. So there really isn't much. But if there's one thing that I could say is, you guys, I don't care if you're holding a camera or a paintbrush or a laptop or whatever it is. Um, it's a there will scientifically impossible for there to be another version of you. Hmm. So. It is, I mean, right, we have our own DNA and fingerprints. It is scientifically impossible that someone can duplicate you. So whatever you have is very special and you should share it with people. The second part is um, whatever is your, what whatever you think is your flaw is also your strength. If you learn to balance it, you are powerful. So sometimes I am, my flaws, I'm so pushy. But my power is that I'm pushy and I know what I want. I have to find that middle ground and know when to use it and know when to put it to rest. So if people keep saying, you know what's wrong with you, this and this and this, what they're also telling you is what your strengths are. And I want you guys to listen to that and say, okay, I'm going to take the poison out of it. But in there is where my strength is. And sometimes that is a blessing when people tell you what's wrong with you. Okay. On the whole point of people telling you what's wrong with you, take it lightly, take out the good, throw out the bad, and people who are above you will never critique you, ever, ever, ever. They will be proud of you, they will recognize the struggle, they will recognize the hustle and the hard work and the dedication, and they will be cheering you on, whether they're applauding you physically or they're like, oh, I see what you're doing, that's really cool. Good for you, right? And they'll see a part. They will never put you down. The only people that will put you down are people below you. So remember that when people are putting you down and saying you cannot do something, you're not connected enough, you're too poor, you're not blank enough. They are beneath you. They are behind you and you need not pay them attention. If every person told, if I listened to people telling me that I couldn't, I would be nothing in life. But I, I thank God that I, I didn't. And I would look at him and go, okay, I'll show you. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'll show you. So I, I try not to listen and I, and I consider them. So now I, when you asked me earlier, who, the five people I listened to, yeah. if somebody belittles my ambitions Mm -hmm. if they don't understand it that's fine and it's not my job to explain it to them and it's not their job to understand it as long as they're like good for you Wally, do it i don't get it 
but do it, right? Yeah. But if they belittle you, hmm. I, I, to me, that's an instant termination, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, or coworkers. And you don't, and you're not rude about it. You don't make an announcement about it. You just say, got it. Thank you. Or it's a, or it's a demotion. And you realize you will never share that with them again because it's poison. And so learn to curate the people in your life. And you're like, you get access to this, you get access to all this and you don't get any access at all. So I, I, those are like what I want people to know. Hey, I want to take a quick moment to talk about something that Walid is up to. He's actually creating a course for photographers. And I told him, why not actually talk about it in a sponsorship spot? So here is Walid about his photography course really quick. And I'll see you in just a minute. The course basically takes you from step A to Z and it, it just gets you, it stops wasting time. And the important part is I want people to think about, it's not about wasting time. It's about how much time you are gaining with creating an income. Mm-hmm. So it's creating an income sooner. It's creating an income that is stronger. So that's what I tell people. And generally it's like within your first one or two clients, you've paid for the course. So that's what that is. And the second one is um, it will be launching midsummer. Um, it's going to be a monthly subscription course for photographers, absolutely affordable, where um, each month you're getting negotiating tactics, marketing tactics, marketing material, um, a photography skill that you're getting, uh, gaining that's going to be private. You're going to learn how to use it, how to make money from it. Mm-hmm. So it's a subscription course. It'll come with a private community on Facebook and also once a month live webinar where I'm answering questions from the people within the community. And so it's basically it'll be the price of a cup of coffee a week, you know, um, absolutely affordable. And that's something for photographers that I realized a lot of photographers, sometimes you cannot initially afford a signature course sometimes you just need someone to help you little by little and this is what that is it's basically a little mentor in your back pocket that um, feeds you information that is doable each month Mm -hmm. 20 or 30 minutes worth you're getting the marketing materials for that month someone is doing it for you Mm -hmm. and you're getting the email templates and the contract templates and so it's basically having a mentor in the most affordable way the cost of probably a few cups of coffee a month and i must tell you that this course actually looks very promising i'm telling this for two reasons one is because of my interest in photography and two because of being an entrepreneur and growing a business i know exactly what it takes to actually grow a business and walid actually brings in the two of them really nicely in this course so if you are interested in signing up for this course head over to howtophotograph.net slash dyt that's the link that you can use to sign up for walid's photography course and i must remind you that this link is an affiliate link and i will get paid a small sum if you purchase the course using this link and to make sure that you get the most out of using this affiliate link i want to offer you two things when you buy walid's course using this link first You'll get two 60-minute coaching sessions with me where I'll basically help you with any business challenge that you may be grappling with right now. Second, I'll give you a framework to develop products that help you build super fans. 
Now, this is a framework I teach my customers and students and is the same framework that's used by companies like Slack, Facebook, Google, and so many others. I'll have all the details in the show notes, but I just wanted to make sure that you understand how much I see value and believe in what Waleed is doing in this course. And I just don't want you to miss out on something like that. Thank you again for taking the time to be here, uh, talking to us about your journey and... uh, and more importantly, I think taking time to get deep with the answers. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you. And actually, if I could say something right back to you is that I love that you do go deep and I love that you ask questions that many podcasts don't ask. So I think you're serving a huge community and I, I'm happy to see it keep growing bigger and bigger. But it's like there's a lot of education that I think is going to be coming out of your podcast. So I'm excited to even hear more episodes and just to see what you, you know, I think this is a huge service to the community, like the business community and see how people can, you know, just the fact that you are doing your research and asking the great questions, pulling people together. I, I, I think you're going to have quite a huge impact also on, on the business community and stuff. That was Walid Azami. He's a photographer and director who really took his life from being a refugee from Afghanistan to being a successful artist by his determination, hard work, and more importantly, trusting his gut. You can get all the links to Walid's websites, his course, and all of it from the show notes, which you can find at designyourthinking.com slash S2E30. That's season two, episode 30. It's now time for a quick sneak peek of what's coming up next week just for you. So I've always been a big believer that passion isn't really, I mean, like the truest, highest level of passion. It's not something you just kind of, you you say, this is the thing I want to do, and you find, and you say, that's it. I mean, that's called what I call fun. You, you do find things that are hugely fun. But passion is kind of when you have that connection with your greater, you start to touch your greater purpose. And and actually, I mean, this is kind of geeky, but I, I guess I'll throw it out there. But a lot of people don't realize that, um, like the origin of passion in Latin, I think, because I don't know, these things always seem to be in Latin, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the origin of the word passion is suffering, like passion of the Christ. And the reason it's suffering, I assume, and I can't remember if I've made this up or I actually heard this somewhere, but it makes sense to me because... I mean, when you're really, when you truly have a passion, you're willing to suffer for that purpose. Your cause becomes so great that you'll do anything you need to, to get through it. But it doesn't mean everything's fun or everything's easy. And you just can't find that type of commitment initially because you, it's, it's just not possible. And that's an interview with Spencer Lum. He's a photographer, copywriter, and business coach based in New York. In this episode, he walks us through his journey to starting multiple businesses and how he's grown his businesses creating addictive content. It's going to be a really exciting episode and to make sure you don't miss out, I really want you to consider subscribing to the show wherever you're listening to this episode right now. No matter what podcast app you use, hit subscribe. And if you're listening to this from the website, just click subscribe on the player right there. And I would love to see you with the next episode inside your email box or inside your podcasting app. So 
If you like this episode, I really would appreciate you taking a moment to leave a rating and review for the show. You can head over to designyourthinking.com slash review. The show is also available on Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and every other podcasting app that's available out there. Just type designyourthinking.com slash Spotify or slash Google Play or slash Android or slash YouTube and it will take you right there. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode today and until I see you with the next episode, please take care and cheers my friend.